So get this right. Okay. I went to my brother's house on the weekend, as I sometimes do, to play nerd games with that pack of boys who introduced me to nerd games. Well, no, I guess I played Warhammer before I met them, but anyway. Okay. Um, the <laughs> real nerd games. Like Thanks D&D. for the clarification. Oh, the story. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess if you think about it, I introduced them to the nerd games, yeah. so really, well, it's all stemmed yeah. from me. I am what one might call the original nerd. Uh, (laughs) Like original sin uh, in the Bible? Yeah. You're the original nerd? I'm the original nerd. So back in 1940, when my name was in fact Spencer Nerd, (laughs) I met a young man called Gary. Gygax was his surname. Uh, Anyway, no, that was... He must have been a very young man in 1940. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to know where I met him. Oh. Oh. In his daddy's ball sack. Anyway. Okay. um, We're here. (laughs) Here's where you brought us. Cold open, more like hot open, am yeah. I right? Daddy Gaiax's ball sack. Yeah. The start so, of everything. I feel like D&D <laughs> isn't too litigious, but I feel like you shouldn't bait them, Thomas. Yeah, you're like stoking them, to, like yeah. asking them to sue us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I came up with D&D and I did it inside Gaiax's ball. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, no. This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world, a world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, This is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. Hello, and welcome back to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. I'm your back-in-Perth, living-it-loving-it dungeon master, Ben McAllister. I am your 10pm wine boy, Jackson Usid. Woof! I'm your freshly filled with peas and corn, Thomas (laughs) Owen. Oh, (laughs) And I'm your summer Caesar salad gal, Grace Chapel. Ooh, look, that was the smoothest that's gone in a while, yeah. I have to say. Look at us all go. No discernible theme, but, like, it's it's okay. Well, Usually we do, like, a theme or something. Ultimately what happened was we got to me and I had to just choose who to theme with. Mm. And I haven't moved physical location and to be like... And we can't do that again. You just like, sit in a wheelchair and you don't move. Yeah. You know that film, Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far On Foot? Joaquin Phoenix plays me in that film. Wow. <laughs> I've heard that's a good movie. I have heard that it's a good film, too. It's feels offensive. Yeah, well, look, it wasn't very funny anyway. <laughs> like, I guess it could be. <laughs> yeah, no discernible theme, but not, not bad in the end, really. Well, the final three were consumables. That's true. Consumables, I suppose. And I suppose given you are consumable. That's true. In some sense. I mean, it's like in uh, Willy Wonka when he's like, everything in this room's eatable. Even me. And he's talking about that thing. Yeah. You know that great one? I thought you said everything in this room is eatable, and I was like, that is a different <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, that's yeah. actually when everything in the room is eatable and your mum's in the room. Yeah. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh. Why did I agree to that so hard? Grace <laughs> <laughs> was like, like yeah, that's what that oh, means. No. 100%. I, just I, I had the same turn. joke in my head. Oh, okay. wow. See, I'm not worse than you lot. I'm just... You're you're the the one that speaks. I'm just the Donald Trump of comedy. 
Oh god, get get that on mic for oh. sure, dude. Four more beers. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, yes. Very good. The surprise of comedy. You thought I was going to say years. Ah, uh, very good. Yeah, that, I said beers. that was classic subversion of expectations. It barely made sense. Although when you think about it, it might have been a Brett Kavanaugh joke. Oh, about topical, beers. guys. We did it. We made a joke about Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> Now, was it a now joke? You know. I'm sorry. No, yeah. Uh, all right. A reference. Now you know it's October 2018, no matter when you're listening to this. And then we're recording two weeks in advance. Yeah. Hey, that's true. Who knows what's going to be happening with Brett Kavanaugh in two weeks? Yeah. Wow. Isn't it nice to just, like, cast a line into the future like this? And see yeah. what we catch. Yeah, see what we dredge up. Oh, uh, we can't we can't go into our podcast on a fucking Brett Kavanaugh yeah, reference. Yeah, that's true, that's, that's so true. sad. Yeah. Let's instead enter through The Matrix. Yeah, dude. <laughs> My brother, who's certainly listening to this probably in like a month's time, will really appreciate this. We were watching like movie trailers one night, like old movie trailers, and uh, we found that there is like when you watch the, the trailer for the, the movie The Matrix. At the end of it, you remember how like what, like movies used to have like dedicated websites like for that movie. Oh yeah. yeah At the yeah. end of the yeah. trailer, it was like www.enterthematrix.com, and I was just like, man, imagine owning that domain and having that as like a fucking email address, like Ben at enterthematrix.com. <laughs> so I went to try and buy enterthematrix.com, and it's still locked down. Like I think fucking Sony own it through like a holding company that just holds all the websites for all of that. In old movies or whatever. But, well, because that'd yeah. be the easiest. Um, that'd be like the easiest like internet scam ever. Like, imagine if you got an email yeah. from like Ben at Enter the Matrix. Like, you'd be like, oh fuck, <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> See how deep the rabbit hole goes. I thought you were gonna. Um, continue the theme, and it was going to be a, a red pill joke. Oh, oh, I see. There is something there. Yeah. Come up with the punchline to that joke yourself. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. The punchline is the five fingers on your hand, because a punch uses five of them, and there's a maroon five. M- mathematically, it checks out. That's um. <sighs> that's that's a all, the, all the elements are there. Joke. Yes, it's mathematically possible to make this joke. There's a lot of things there that you can string together one way or another. And again, it's really a choose-your-own-adventure thing. I feel like we've been doing more of these lately, but I feel like interactivity is good. So if you've come up with a joke that ties together Brett Kavanaugh, EnterTheMatrix.com, Maroon 5, and Red Filling, you, you tweeted at yeah. us, and uh, I, I, I will, will purchase you a set of... Dungeon dice. Yeah. If you are the one, please get in touch with us. <laughs> I was picturing if you are the one, because Jackson said if you are the one is in the Matrix, but I was picturing the game show uh, if you are the one. This is all good stuff, guys. Man, all yeah, good I stuff. love. I, I, I'm excited for like the type of like like D and D improv comedy we make when we're like already 14 references deep in response to each other, <laughs> just in like the most complex, uh, like incomprehensible comedy ever. And like we're not really making jokes; we're just being like, oh, that could be connected. To- <laughs> We just built a joke dungeon and it's time to explore it. Hey, oh fuck, that's way better than the transition I was going to come up with. But before we dig into the joke dungeon, first let's recap how we got to the joke dungeon. <laughs> Do we have to? I don't think we did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> When we last left our heroes, they'd finally made it into Hanelport and rendezvoused with Alyssa Brambles. She informed the party that she had located the very thing they were looking for, the Temple of Sea. 
Brambles conceded that she had been responsible for the theft of the keystone from the fishfolk, inciting their ire, and feared that the trip to the temple itself might be dangerous. Our heroes agreed to travel with Alyssa to the temple and, after indulging in another brief round of shopping, made their way to the portside docks where they met once more with the scholar and all four travelled east by boat along the southern coast towards the temple, which was hidden in a sea cave. Upon arriving at the large stone door to the temple, Alyssa quickly retrieved the keystone and placed it in a slot. The door slowly began to rumble open, but a horrifying, mouthed creature burst forth from the water behind the boat. That brings us to right now. Something to keep in mind, like, I guess technically speaking, Jody is still covered in light, yeah? Just just so we know going ahead for this combat, like, that might be something fun to play with. It's wow. one hour duration. So well, you are you lit af, Jackson. Not af. Tweet at me. Hashtag the kids. So, you just got up to the big door into the Temple of Sea, and it started to roll open, and then a big monster came out of the water. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we, we, we you led us through your goo tunnel into a mess of tentacles, Benjamin. I did do that. <laughs> now, I didn't say tentacles. I said a mouthed creature. You made up your mind about I'm the fact sure that tentacles. you said tentacles. I was, like, cutting the content as I put it together, and by that point, you'd already pitched the tentacle thing, and I was listening for it, and I, at no point did I say the word tentacles. Whoa. I said really? a horrifying, I mouthed creature. Created out. this image yeah. in all of our minds. Yeah. At any rate, it. there are some tentacles, but they're not the first thing you actually see. So, <laughs> should, we, should we do it now? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Alright, let me describe the creature that has just burst forth from the water behind you as this door is slowly rumbling open. Basically what you see emerging from the water is a big tooth-filled mouth and a row of eyes heading sort of directly back along the body of this creature from the mouth. What were those initiative rolls? Let me, let me get them. 18 for your boy. Eight. Four. So, the first person to act, the first person to get a, a crack at this uh, horrifying mouth and uh, and whatnot, uh, is Jody. Okay, um, so uh, describe the scene. The door is opening? It's opening, but it's not yet wide enough for you guys to get through. How far away is the door? So the door is like a big disc of stone that is rolling away. You guys are kind of in the center of it. You'd have to like get over to the, the crack in the door or like wait for it to, to roll all the way over. Yeah, but like how far away are we talking? Let's say that the diameter of the door is a good 40 feet and you are in the middle of it. So 20 feet to the edge. Cool. Okay. Um, I think Jody like reaches into his pack, pulls out his silken rope, hands it to, to Duncan, and then um, it's just like... We, we, we should try and get inside and then uh, runs out the boat as if to like sort of like run the rope over to the door to like a- almost try and like give them some leverage to sort of pull them like the boat over. You, you, you know what I mean? Like or like to like, uh-huh. be able to get to the door faster. Yeah, of course, because of Jody's fucking water running ability. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Jody's going to try and do that. So you're going to get over to the gap between like the door and the wall and like just wait for it to be open enough for you to go in it? I'm imagining there's probably like enough of like a handhold for like a monk to be able to hang on to and then like sort of like have the rope there. Maybe try and like tie it to a pit on. Okay, so you're trying to like hammer a pit on into the the door as it's rolling away? Is that the plan? Uh, Basically, I'm imagining it's opening. There's at least probably like a crack into like the um, side of the wall where the door would have been touching. Does that make sense? Yeah, so there's a crack and you want to hammer a pit on whilst... can, Can you do that whilst standing on water? 
shoulder. I imagine I could probably perch myself on there in some way. Like, as in, like, hang with one hand and, like, you know, like, rope in the mouth, like, get a pit on in, and then, like, tie it up and that sort of thing. Like, using my whole action. Let's say that you could hang on to, like, a carving or recess in the door that's rolling away, but the walls are smooth. There's nothing for you to hang on to. You know what, yeah, you, you could hang on to the door and hammer a thing into the wall, because it is opening quite slowly. Yeah, But cool. it's going to be like, you're, like, slowly moving further away from the wall. Yeah, Jody's okay. Of the door. Yeah, okay. So you can hammer a pit on into the wall and, and tie the rope to it, and that's that's Jody done. Great, and then Jody starts rolling away with the door. <laughs> yeah, the door's well, it's moving quite slowly, yes, but Jody's yeah. very slowly moving away from the wall. <laughs> hanging on to the door. Uh, Alright, great, so that, that's Jody done. And upon seeing this um, this terrifying thing happening, a tentacle whips up out of the water and strikes my good friend Jody. Uh, and does 19 hit your AC? Uh, it does. Yeah, okay. With that 19 that hit your AC, the tentacle from this horrifying creature is going to do minimum damage, so nothing nothing to worry about. Just a, just a paltry 7 bludgeoning damage. Okay, that's great. Love that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, great. That's that's the first thing he does. The next thing he does uh, is whip out with another tentacle at my friend Duncan standing on the boat. Oh, no. And that's a critical miss. And another tentacle at the person closest to him, directly in front of him. Uh-huh. It is, of course, Drazilia. That is a 20, not natural, against AC. So I'm assuming that is also a hit. And Drazi takes 15 bludgeoning damage Ooh. as this tentacle thwacks her right in her face. Probably stumbles back a little bit from that as well. Um, yeah, I'd say she does. Okay, fantastic. Now it's Duncan's turn. You've got this thing in the water. It's just lunged out of you with tentacles. Duncan managed to dodge out of the way of the one that came at him, but he saw the other two hit his compatriots and just kind of bludgeoned them where they were. Uh, actually, you know what, Jody? Give me a give me a, a, a climb check uh, to, to hang on to the wall as you are bludgeoned by this thing. You've only got to beat ten. Let, let's say if you were to fall, yeah, you could probably act quickly to grab on again. Give me a give me give me a straight dex check. Um, well, I rolled a four, but I have. Um, <laughs> but wait, wait, no. But like, can, would it, I be would I be using acrobatics or? Look, I I don't think it's acrobatics. It's athletics or it's straight decks. Okay. Uh, well, if it's if it's straight decks, then it's a nine. <laughs> oh no! I, I'm gonna roll. Jody falls in the water. Now he's just paddling next to this door that's slowly rolling away. And it's, it's Duncan's it's, turn. Yeah. What do you do, okay. my friend? That is a really good question. Um... <laughs> Oh wait! How close is it to the boat? It's within dunking distance. If you want to jump at it, or what are you? What are you thinking? What if I wanted to poke at it with with my pike, which has reach? If you ran right over to the side of the boat that has uh, Drazilia on it, you'd have to like get past her to stand on the prow. Oh, she she stumbled back, didn't she? Yeah, you can run over to the prow of the boat and probably just kind of poke at it. It's, yeah, it, yeah. It, it burst up out of the water next to the boat. Yeah. How, how long's the reach? Ten feet. I think so. I didn't actually write that down, but a pike would have to be 10 feet. Okay, yeah. Yeah, also you can get it with a pike. You can just kind of poke it. Yeah, <laughs> poke yeah. it in the face. I just opened this to, like, exactly the right place. That was a miracle. Oh, reach is just... It's just a thing. It's okay, a... yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you can reach it from the, from the boat with the pike. Oh, we just 3.5'd ourselves. <laughs> nice. It'll be defined somewhere else in the book, almost certainly. Yeah, yeah, but like I wonder. <laughs> but I'm really not worried about yeah. it. Is, um, <laughs> is, is 3.5ing yourself, like, a worse version of tripling? <laughs> What's the extra half? You sneeze? <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh. I feel like. Well, they say a sneeze is like <laughs> half an or. <laughs> <laughs> I think they say one tenth, Benjamin. I don't know what you're rocking. <laughs> yeah, give me that pepper. <laughs> I'm gonna barrel through that moment. You're just weeping. Yeah. Duncan, rather than 3.5 being himself. 
shell. Oh, hustle to power the boat gently mm-hmm. so as not to destable or unstable the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to poke at it with Yeah, go ahead and give it a little pokey poke. Uh, that is going to be a 26 to hit. Oh yeah, buddy. You know it. You've good. done it. I love knowing it. Eight damage. Oh, that is not much. All right. Very good. More attacks? Yeah, you know it, dude. Coming in again. 17 to hit? Uh, yep. Ten, 14 damage. Yep, that's more damage that time. Feel, feeling feeling good. You do you do you do you do good, dude. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I can't I can't use my my favorite weapon, but this will do. Yeah, all right. Have you got any other features or shit you want to use? Um, I actually might I think we just need to get off to a good start. I okay. think at the moment I've got uh, you just want to soften him up a little bit. I gotta you? get some damage out before yeah. I end up in a shittier scenario. Okay, all That's right. Ultimately, the tactical move. So I am gonna action surge. Oh, nice! Just keep going. Oh, keep so going four stri- four strikes yeah. from Donkey Kong. All right. So third attack coming in hot and sharp with this pike is gonna be ooh fourteen to hit. Don't tell me yet whether or not it hits. Because okay. I think actually, when do I have to decide? I think I can On now precision. You can decide precision. now. Yep. You yep. Can precision now. Okay, I'm gonna use precision. Oh, Duncan's going all out to soften this boy up a little bit for the rest of y'all. Precision. So that's another six onto there. So that ends up being all up twenty to hit. That is a hit, and that's coming in at twelve damage. That one. All right. Okay. All right. All right. I see this. The fourth and final. That's poke thirty-four in total. Is a natural one. Oh boy, yeah. you gonna precision it, dude? <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, I can't. I, that's my reaction. Oh, no. You can only do All that once per turn. Actually, All right, yeah. so 34 total damage out of my friend and son, Duncan. Uh, in, enraged by this, the horrifying mouthed creature in the water whips around another tentacle that you hadn't seen before. This tentacle looks a little different to the others because it is, in fact, its tail. Oh, and no. it swipes in your direction. And 16 against AC? Nah, dude, you're dreaming. <laughs> All right. Yeah, guess what, guys? You've just Full encountered light. legendary actions for the first time in this oh, campaign. Good thing I've got legendary armor to deal with it. Okay. The next person to act is actually Alyssa Brambles, uh, oh. who sort of scrambles to her feet on the, the far side of the boat from, from Duncan. Classic she sees Jody in the water, scrambled. and she yells out, uh, jo- Jody, any- anything I can do for you? Do, I- do you need anything right now? Uh, I-, I-, I would focus on the big fish. Okay, I was wondering if... Yeah, okay, fine. All right, I could deal without the sarcasm, but thank you. Uh, in that case, and... I was then, not being sarcastic. There's a big fish. And, hey, uh, do you know that you just said Alyssa Bramble scrambles to her face? Yeah, she's a scramble bramble, okay? So good. All right, okay, fine. You know what? Want to fight about it? <laughs> a little. <laughs> uh, she whips a crossbow out of her backpack that you hadn't seen and didn't know she had on her person, leans off the side of the boat around Duncan and fires off a bolt in the direction of this thing. Oh, and it strikes true directly into the fucking mouth of the thing. And you see it kind of rear back in pain as this little crossbow bolt is now sticking out of its teeth and it takes some damage. Good one, Bimmy. <laughs> <laughs> my brother <laughs> very very well done yeah Bimmy Bimmy's in the mix that's right I have to roll initiative for Bimmy now he has, own, he has his own count okay great and now finally we move around to my good friend Brasilia yes okay you got new this big mouthy boy in the water you got nothing else yep new spell coming at ya it's semi storm time oh fuck alright go on uh, what does that essentially do that's an automatic hit you have to dexterity save and it is 2d8 bludgeoning and 4d6 cold. Okay, dexterity saving throw. Big fish swimming around in the water, not exactly good at dexterity. It is a three, Woo! so it is going to take full damage from that. 11, 19, 
28 damage. Fuck me! Okay, alright. 28 damage it takes from a fucking rain of storm and shit. And uh, it doesn't like that at all. So it decides that it's going to whip its tail at my good friend Drazilia. Uh-huh. And 24 to hit against AC. Yeah. So that is an additional... Oh, this is bad. This is a chunky one. you deal a lot? Damage? Yeah. 28. Less than Duncan with his little pokey pokes. Yeah. But... I tried so hard to aggro it. Well, she just hit it with a fucking magical storm. Uh, and so it does, in fact, deal you an additional 16 bludgeoning damage. Ugh. <laughs> As this tail thwacks around and hits you yet again in the face. Uh, after you just stood up from your uh, powder, Jinky. as it were. <laughs> Taking a My nose. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now it's Jody again. You're in the water, Jody. The door is sort of... It's wide enough for Jody to get behind it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Are you making comments about Jazilia's curves, baby? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot she was thick. <laughs> is, she? is she? Well, not necessarily. I think we settled on athletic. Yeah, we did. Um, but during that exchange, I asked if she was thick like Elastigirl. I see. I see. I yeah. see, indeed. Ice Storm. <laughs> and Frozone. Look at this incredible humor we're doing. Um, oh. Humor is just referencing things now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know really. <laughs> Have you guys heard of Digimon? <laughs> <laughs> We're becoming BuzzFeed. <laughs> Do you guys remember Digimon? <laughs> um, so how like is there a way to climb up with any ease from the water or what's what's the vibe? Talk to me talk to me about the water situation. You could grab onto the pit on that you just stuck into the wall next to where the door's opening. I've got like 45 feet of movement. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna try and things like, within range of you, as is the boat. Cool, cool, cool. And the piton is in is in reach, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're paddling in the water, so you could swim over to it and grab it. Yeah. Yeah, great. Okay, so Jody's gonna like hoist himself up onto the piton, bend his legs like against the wall, and like spring off, and then run on the water to like sort of strike the uh, his quarterstaff into into the, the thing's big face. Old fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you're going to run around, I guess, to like the side of the head, the side that's not all teeth and mouth. And, um, yeah, try yeah. And hit exactly. it in the side of the head. Yeah, very cool. Okay, so you can get over there. That's probably like 20 feet of movement. And now you can hit it, dude. Go right ahead. Very, very cool. All right. Um, so Jody's going to come in and it's going to use a stunning strike. So I'm going to burn a key point up top. Uh huh. Um, that is a. 14 plus... What have I got to add to my weapon thing? Haven't rolled in combat for a while. Uh, but plus, <laughs> pl- plus 10, so that's a 24 to hit. Yep, that will hit. Wonderful. 6, 13 damage. And can you roll a con save for me? Woof. Woof. 13. Okay, constitution saving throw. Let's see how that does. It's got pretty good constitution. Big fish. 17 on the con save. Uh, 17 is probably gonna do it. Uh, that's, that's fine. I'll then, I'll just, like, strike it one more time. Bare-handed? Or, no, staff-handed. Uh, yes, with, with, with a staff. Um, and that one is a, a 27 to hit. Yeah, that, that'll also do it. Hell yeah. That's 5 damage plus 6, so 11 damage, and then Jody's gonna yep. try and get back to the boat with his remaining movement. Yep, now before you do that, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and take a constitution saving throw for me. Uh, alrighty. Oh, well, that's a two I've rolled, so my con isn't that good. See, because what you realise when you strike the thing from close range is that it's covered in a thin sheen of sickly-looking mucus. And as you pull your staff back from your body, Jody, you feel the air sucked out of your lungs. And, uh... You, you can't breathe. Right. Is, like, Jody attracted to the fish or something? Is it, like, a, like that sort of a... <laughs> Is it like, sort of like nervous, a nervous crush or Take something? Take my yeah. breath away. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> no, um, you just can't breathe. You, you try and breathe in air and you just feel like 
You feel kind of like a fish out of water. Jody probably can't run then, so I think Jody probably loses his ability to run and just like falls into the water. So okay, uh, some someone get on that. As soon as you fall into the water, you can breathe. Oh well, that wasn't that bad. I just, I just have to get the mucus off me. No, you can in fact only breathe underwater. Oh, dude, are we doing a shape of water thing? I'm so into that. <laughs> Yeah, you know how you've never been able to speak and you always you have these weird scars that kind of look like gills? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's always that's the thing true. with Jody's character, right? <laughs> yeah. So you can now only breathe underwater. Tom's just realizing <laughs> the symbolism in shape of water. You can see Tom's face as that realization hit him. Jackson. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Uh. Uh, I see. Well, it's a good movie. Check it out. I don't know, maybe if you're interested in that. What, interested in fish? Or best pictures. I guess Fisher people too. I think, hey, I think. Hey, guys! Another hot reference. Not quite a joke. Just the name of the show. I think Jody. Uh, <laughs> I think Jody sends away a uh, a quick telecommunication to his friends, being like, "I, I can breathe underwater," just so that they don't wonder why he's not bobbing back up. And there's just like a, a, an illuminated like corpse of Jody under the water. <laughs> oh yeah, you're you're lit up. You're lit up <laughs> under the water. That's right. He's still glowing. He's still glowing, Mastana. Very yeah, it's good. A very good. Okay, so uh, this fish takes the opportunity now that you're underwater you can see its shape so it is essentially like a big mouth with this row of eyes on top and like several like thick meaty tentacles extending under the water one is the longest and thickest and has a fin on the end of it that's the tail and you notice that tail sorry these guys can't stop chuckling because I said long and thick because they're fucking children Uh. (laughs) and um you you notice the tail especially as it is flying towards your now submerged face does 17 hit your AC AC of 18, my dude. Oh, then no. All right. You managed to kind of like lithely twist in the water and the tail goes sailing past your body. But you're still underwater, still breathing. Does it go sailing past his body? Hey! What's the joke? Salt water. Yeah, it's uh, something there. Yeah, you know, it does. That was, at least that one was kind of a joke. Yeah, it was actually just a fun reference to, you know, salt water. <laughs> you <see> the salt water. <laughs> I feel like we don't talk about salt water enough on this podcast. We should really shout I out. I know. Yeah. There's so much opportunity to talk I about mean, salt water. Considering one quarter of us are seasoned, seafaring, yes, salty dogs. Exactly. Seems the great like thing I about the use of the word seasoned there, salt is a seasoning. Very good. Uh, now it is the big horrifying fish monster's turn and it's decided that it's having pretty short shrift with the whole, um, hitting you with its tentacles. It's getting stabbed. It's getting rained on with ice. Like it's not feeling great about that. And so it decides to try a different tactic. Who's this going to be most fun with? I'm feeling like Druzzy. I feel like the the big fish creature senses something within the, uh, athletic elf figure on the boat. Half elf figure on the boat. Decides that it's going to try something different. Gracie, can I get you to take a wisdom saving throw for me? Um, okay. 17. Okay. You're good. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing happens there. Oh boy, is that lucky that that works out that way. Okay, uh, I think that's that's all it can do on this turn. Now it's Duncan's turn. Okay. How big is its mouth? Um, Duncan sized. So you reckon I could get in there? (gasps) Osmosis Jones! (laughs) <laughs> I absolutely think you could get in there, yeah. I, uh... You're gonna Drax the Destroyer it? <laughs> what I'm gonna do is first I'm gonna check the Drang Pouch is... <laughs> within reach and secure. Let's be clear about that. Within reach and secure. Okay. I'm gonna put the pike down, pull out my greatsword, 
And I'm gonna do a classic, like, ground pound with the sword kind of maneuver. Like a Link Smash Bros move. Uh-huh. Just, like, jumping into its mouth. Sword point first. Sword Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's see how this pans out. I thought you were gonna toss the dragon in. Yeah, that would also be fun. <laughs> just turn it into oh, a fucking... Oh, I'm just gonna haste our enemy. <laughs> yeah, just give it a bunch of fucking extra strength yeah, and shit. That's true. Uh, what do you want me to roll for this? Like just Let's an say an attack roll? roll? Yeah. yeah. Just leaping off the front of the boat into the mouth, into the belly of the beast, if you will. Mm, mm. Straight through its teeth, past its teeth, preferably. You're yeah. trying to go like down into its guts. Like not into its guts, into like past where its teeth are, into where its like fleshy mouth is. Okay. And yep. So did you I'm did you lose a gun in there or something? Was that a Pacific Rim thing? <laughs> no, that was a Men in Black reference. I was just testing out the audience, you know uh, what I mean? Someone uh, at home yeah. is really going to love that one. Yeah. I'm okay. just picturing Jack Sparrow. This is so many movies at once. Oh, yeah. That's why Hollywood so is funny. really about getting their protagonists inside the mouths of big fish and aliens. Yeah. It's and really kind of It's just about referencing those movies. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Call me Jonah. A 20 is probably going to do it, right? Yeah, 20 does do it, is the thing about it. So Duncan finds his way in between the thing's fucking teeth. You know what? Let, let, let's see. We're going to do a number of rolls to see how this plays out, because you're going to be doing some big damage in the mouth here. Um, the first roll I want is a dexterity saving throw to see if you can get past its teeth without getting clipped by its teeth on your way through. Okie dokie. Okay, so now look, I rolled a five (laughs) and my decks would only give me plus two. Okay. But as you might remember, Uh much like our DM can barrel through my bullshit, I'm going to barrel straight through it. So you're using Indomitable. I'm going to use Indomitable. So that means you pass the check. Yeah. Right? Okay. So is that how that works or do you get to re-roll it? I think I just passed. All right, quickly check. check. I can re-roll. Okay. You're going to give it a crack? Yeah, I'm going to All right, try. give me that reroll. Oh, 18 this time. All right, you fucking see a fang. Like, your face is about to come, like... You're going to be impaled on this fang as you're heading into the mouth. And you kind of, like, twist and turn and land, like, on... I guess what passes for this thing's tongue uh, so far unscathed. And now you're running down into its fleshy mouth. Or you're just in its mouth. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. All right, great. So you've made the attack roll. What was the attack roll? 20. The 20 that hit it. Okay, go ahead and roll... I feel like you're just stabbing this thing from the inside. I am going to give you some bonus damage with this strike. So go ahead and roll your regular weapon damage and then an additional d10 sweet so far we've got 14 damage from the weapon then another nine from the d10 okay that's pretty big bringing it to 23 damage okay cool you doing anything else? You got another uh, attack, I yeah, believe. Yeah, I'm going to make my okay. other attack. Go on. And this one I'm going to make as a power attack. Okay. Before you do that, I need you to go ahead and take constitution saving throw for me. Because you're now also face-to-face with this sickening thick mucus. Is he oh. not in the belly of the beast? No, he's like in its mouth. Okay. It's. I mean, where the mucus is probably also, one would say. Oh, now that is a three, but I do have Dwarven Resilience. I okay. did think this through. Okay, what is I that? check if that's just a re-roll. It's probably, it might be Advantage, which On Constitution Saving Throws, which is just re-roll, yeah. But it's specifically, I have Advantage on Saving Throws against Poison. Does this count as Poison? Yeah, I'll say it counts as Poison. Sweet. It doesn't strictly, but let's see what happens. 
Um, oh, so that goes to 15 all up. Oh, that is enough. So you can still breathe. You feel this uh, wave of <laughs> air-sucking mucus pass over your body, but you manage to sort of to sort of uh, keep it away. And uh, you can still breathe inside this thing's mouth. Go on. It probably smells really bad in here, by the way. I'm sure it's kind of Yeah, take some psychic damage, T. <laughs> so just a regular attack then? Uh-huh. Uh, that's going to be so much to hit. That's like 28 to hit. Yeah, okay. Fine. <laughs> I get to reroll my one. Uh-huh. It's two... 10 off the normal. Uh-huh. And, and that do 10? Another 8. So 18 damage. Okay. Okay. This is going pretty well. But with its uh, legendary action that it takes on the next turn, it does just chomp down on Tom inside its mouth. So I'm going to give it advantage on this attack roll. Yeah, that's 22 to hit. And uh, you take you take for me, Duncan, um, how about 15 chomp damage? <laughs> and um, you're now like sliding down its throat so also take an additional six acid damage and uh yeah you're you're within the thing now being slowly consumed by it and now it's Alyssa's turn who fucking leans around the boat and goes not quite as well as expected and uh in her uh haste she is distracted by the horrifying thing she's just seen and her crossbow bolt swings wide of the fish and clatters into the walls of the chamber behind, meaning it's up to Druzzy. Oh, no, but when she does that, before Druzzy does her thing, it lashes out with its tail out of the water and thwacks our good friend Jody, who is deep underwater, but I guess 12 probably doesn't hit your AC. Does not. It looks like your boy is... Was, okay. He's a sailor. He was meant to be underwater the whole time. <laughs> Jody's just swimming around down there. This and is just the final step in him becoming one with the water. First now, he walked, now he swims. Now it is Jody's... <laughs> <laughs> I love how you say that like that's a natural progression. Yes. Like everyone can swim. Oh, no, he can breathe it. It's yes. reverse evolution, dude. <laughs> it's, it's like Jody couldn't <laughs> swim before and now he's just learned. Yeah. <laughs> Off the land of breathing air into the sea, breathing water. Very good. All right, Jazzy, you're up. This thing is before you. It's just swallowed your friend. What okay, are you okay. doing? Jazzy whips out some sorcery points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From her sorcerer's pouch. Yeah. yeah, from her pack of sorcery points that she keeps on hand. Um, and casts Blight to send <sighs> this horrifying creature back to the fiery depths from which it came. Okay. She's also going to cast Ray of Frost. Oh, nice. That. Okay, very good. So you're doing a twins, uh, sorry, a quicken spell. Does T take any damage of being inside a creature that's getting attacked by Blight? I well, we'll, we'll get there when we oh, get there. hey now. Hey Do now. I- Blight would just be... Sucking I mean, the moisture out of it. We'll get there when we get there. <laughs> let's let's see let's see what happens with the blight roll. I mean, honestly, making this thing less moist can only make yeah. my job easier. Josie's not phased. Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. I Is decided... Dunkard in another tube of slime? Yeah, I decided the first slime tunnel wasn't <laughs> slime tunnely enough, and I wanted to take this rebirth metaphor further. And Drazzy's about to dry it right out for you. <laughs> Just dry it up in there. Did I say twinned spell? You, I said... you said, I didn't think you said, but you wanted to do a quicken spell? Yes, so okay. I'll cast both. I'm going to cast this blight first. Mm-hmm. That's 40 damage. So the boy takes a con save, right? Um, yeah. Yep. He does not pass. And Wonderful. consequently, don't worry about the ray of frost, my friend, because oh, you feel this body dry up and like crackling around you, T. The sad thing is that now it's dead, it's just falling into the water and you're inside it. So let's stay in the initiative water for now. You also can't breathe underwater because you didn't get poisoned by the mucus. So this thing falls underneath the surface of the water, starts filling up with water. Dun- 
Khan is now underwater and falling in a fish corpse. So let's keep that in mind as we move around to Jody's turn. Jody swims down. Jody can move underwater. Jody swims down to rescue Duncan. Khan. Heyo, it's me, just checking in on you in the middle of the show as always. We hope you're enjoying chapter 32. Thanks as always for listening, you're the best. Just a couple of quick things for you. Firstly, a programming note. You might be aware that it is the spookiest month of the year, and as such, we're going to run another fun Halloween special as the next episode, so you can expect that in two weeks, ready to pick you up just as you're coming down off your Halloween sugar high. Secondly, on a slightly more personal note, I'm really stoked to announce that I'll be speaking about my non-D&D life, which is to say my PhD research life, at TEDx Perth on November 3rd in Perth, WA. So if you happen to live in Perth and want to check that out, there are still a limited number of tickets available as of the time I'm recording this, but they're going fast. You can just Google TEDx Perth for the details. Thanks as always for all your help growing the show so far. It really means a lot and continues to be an amazing help when you guys share the show with friends, engage with us on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, or leave ratings or reviews wherever you listen. Consider doing one of those things if you haven't done them before. It's really, really helpful and we love you for it. Anyway, I won't take up any more of your time. Thanks as always for listening. Enjoy the rest of the show. Jody swims <laughs> down to the fish. Okay, great. So you saw Duncan go inside the thing, and you've—I imagine you've got your night go- night vision goggles on. Even I don't so. need to, baby. I'm covered in light. <laughs> 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 I forgot about that. That's so helpful for you. Oh, what an image! Yeah, like Jody just yeah. powering through the dark water, this yeah. glowing light of hope. <laughs> Picture this and see it well: the deceased body of a fish falling down into the inky blackness. Duncan trapped inside, slowly suffocating. And what's that? Powering down through the darkness towards it. It is a glowing Jody Mastana, who arrives at the fish body thanks to his incredible speed. And what, do you have, like, do you have any kind of sharp weapons? I mean, my thinking was that I just sort of, like, pry it open and then, like, like... Can I not, like, sort of, like, pull him out? Like, like put my staff into the mouth and, like, sort of, like, pull him out through there? You could try. Duncan is, like, partway down the throat because he was being yeah, swallowed. All right, yeah, died. no, jo- Jody, Jody takes his dagger and then just, like, sort of, like, cuts into, like, the dying meat and just sort of tries to slash open yeah. and, and, and exit for... Yeah, ab- absolutely. You you rip a hole like down this the whole front of this thing. It's basically like a long cylinder that sort of like splits apart and becomes tentacles and a tail. So you're like starting like right underneath its mouth. You just like jam the dagger in and drag it down like the, the underbelly of this thing. And uh, eventually your dagger uh, deflects off some plate mail armor and you found Duncan slowly suffocating deep inside this thing's stomach. Probably a few... Do like, I get no opportunity to try and cut out? It's not your turn, my friend. It's Jody's turn. It would so, so in the process of, like, when you when you cut it open, you see Duncan, like, wrestling to get his sword out of, like, the fucking... It's, like, snagged on, like, a fucking bit of bone or something. And he's, like, about to cut himself free. But you cut him out before he gets the chance, really stealing his glory. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You guys can swim back up to the surface. And congratulations on taking down the first thing that has legendary actions. Hey. Hey. You climb back up into the boat. Probably that that took maybe fucking 30, 45 seconds. And uh, in the course of doing so, the door has rumbled partway open behind you. Open enough for the boat to pass through. And as you guys get back up on the boat... What, what does Jody do, actually, seeing as he can't breathe air? I think what Jody does is he grabs his, like, night vision goggles, 
fills one lens up with water, positions it over his mouth, the other one over like one eye, and then tightens it and sees if that's going to work as like a little like water filter <laughs> for him to breathe through. It, it'll work for like um like a couple of minutes at a time, and then he's going to have to redunk it. Yeah, I think I think what Jody does is he like fills like a flask or as many flasks as available are of water, and then he's <laughs> just planning on just like re-upping every every few minutes. Yep, to, just, to, keep his, up his to keep his goggles full of water. Yeah, yeah, to keep his goggles full of water so he can breathe. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> Jody gets up on the boat and is just like filling up, he's holding his breath as he like fills up his fucking night mission goggles with water so he can breathe. Uh, and as you guys are kind of regrouping and gathering your breath, Alyssa Brambles uh, sort of stands up and stares you all down. She's loading her crossbow back into her backpack and she says, You all have some serious fucking explaining to do. Jody literally can't. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? Have any of you ever seen anything like that before? That was the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen. I've done some tomb raiding in my time, if you like, but nothing like that. What the fuck was that thing? (laughs) (laughs) Look, to be honest, I've not seen anything like that before either. I thought it was going to take a lot more killing, which is why I kind of jumped in there. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, I didn't sign up for this shit. Have you... What, what, you're telling me you guys have never... You've never faced that shit before? (sighs) She takes a big deep breath and says... You didn't even tell me what the fuck you're doing out here. I just knew Valeria wanted to find this place and... I'm sorry, I need to know what's going on here. Look, we didn't sign up for this either. Honestly, Alyssa, I'm as astonished as you are. (laughs) (laughs) Just a handful of days ago, we were paid bodyguards. A number of days that we're not going to specifically nail down because I do not know. Just some number of days. It's got to be like at least a month, right? Like this is like what episode thirty-two or something like that. Like, yeah, it's, it's we got to be. We've also been in the web, so yeah, yeah, it's longer than a month, yeah. but yeah. As I said, some number of days ago, <laughs> she says, "So Jesus Christ, do you know what's in here? Do you know why Valeria wanted to come to this place?" Is there going to be more shit like that? Nothing could be worth that. Oh my god, do you think Valeria needed the mucus to breathe underwater or something like that? Like, did we <laughs> fuck it up so bad? <laughs> Jody can breathe underwater. Um, <laughs> That's true. I think Drasilia just, you know, looks Alyssa square in the eyes and says, Alyssa, there's a very powerful weapon behind these doors. We have to get it to keep it out of the hands of the enemy. That's all you need to know. She kind of looks at you and blinks and says, Who's the enemy in this context? Um, I wink at her and take a charisma check. <laughs> <laughs> you do get plus one on that from your cool necklace. Yeah, it's a 28. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Probably, I think what actually gets her to kind of at least simmer down for the moment is the first moment of directness or sincerity that she has experienced from this half-elf that, that sits before her. She's kind of taken aback by that that statement that, like, you have to get a hold of this powerful weapon, and she says, Okay, uh, fuck, and Valeria knew about this? And that that's what she wanted out of here? Yeah. She takes a big deep breath and sits down on one of the sort of seats on this little boat and says, Well, I don't... I don't know you guys that well, but if Valeria thought we needed to keep this out of someone's hands, I I trust her. So, Christ, okay, let's let's see where this thing goes. I guess um through the big door then, and she's like already tucked the keystone back into her backpack and the door is sort of still sitting open. Let's breach this metaphor. <laughs> 
now that the door is mostly open, you can see beyond there is still like a water-filled chamber where there is like a landing, essentially. Like half, so oh, it's, cool. it's essentially like the mirror image of this kind of half-circle room and on the, the far wall, it's like becomes like a, a landing. Yep. I'm kind of picturing, you know, in the Harry Potter film where Dumbledore like has I'm to drink way too absolutely much. Absolutely picturing it. I actually thought about making a joke in reference to that when I cast Blight, but then I forgot about it. Ah, see? These are the missed opportunities. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, this so is we... why you just got to mention things that people have heard of yeah. as often as possible. So we go into the, the chamber. Do you paddle the boat in yeah. and, like, tie it up on the landing? Shelve it. Yep. <laughs> Break it down into its constituent components and everybody takes as much as they can fit. He said there was a shelf. Ah, I see. I actually said a landing, but okay, whatever. Listen back, you said a shelf. Okay, you shelved And is a shelf not a landing for several small objects, Ben? (laughs) (laughs) All one big one, am I right? So you pull up on the boat, and allow me to describe this chamber. So the walls are the same as the walls that you've been traveling down. They're kind of like smooth and slimy, but they look in this in this section much like the ones Duncan looked at and determined in the last room to be kind of well-cut Sine-esque. Mm. Uh, but they're smooth and they're kind of slimy, and the whole space is very dark, but is sort of faintly illuminated by this sort of daffled Jody. green light. Yeah, and Jody. <laughs> and Jody and Jody Mistana. So around Jody Mistana and also on the landing, in the centre of the landing, you can see there is a statue. And I'll return to describing this statue in a moment. But what you need to know for now is kind of like around the base of the statue, there's kind of like floor LED type lights of these like green lights that are just sort of casting like a dim glow. Illuminating the statue probably looks kind of creepy. And... Beyond the statue, certainly the most uh, apparent and dominating feature of this room is beyond the statue, further back on the landing, is a roaring, furiously cascading sheet of water that spans the entire width of the opposite wall and is just pouring down incredibly fast in a raging torrent. So you've essentially got landing with a statue that's like illuminated by these LED lights and then beyond it just like a wall of water falling down from the ceiling into like a channel that, that is in the ground. What does the statue look like? The statue? A clown? No. <laughs> Christ. I've been <laughs> waiting for it. We've had a clown sled. It's time for a clown boat. <laughs> this, one, this, one, this one's a juggalo. <laughs> a clown moran <laughs> Was that a... What? Was like, the... like a catamaran, but a clown. Oh, wow. It was that. Okay. The catamaran is a two-hulled boat. So the statue is two figures. One robed hooded figure is kneeling and proffering a box that is closed. The box is made out of sort of dull copper. The other figure is standing before the kneeling figure proffering the box. Standing before the kneeling figure proffering the box, totally a sextant. Yep. <laughs> standing, standing before the kneeling figure proffering the box is the statue form of a fish folk. This would look really familiar if I had somebody else's memories. Uh, <laughs> right. It does indeed look familiar to Drazilia. She's immediately cast back to that vision she had deep underneath Hanelport on the way in. So the other figure is human-esque? Humanoid, the cloaked figure. Yeah, Drazilia looks at it really thoughtfully. All right, give me an investigation check. It's a ten. No, 
Nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, with it, you you that's enough. Nine is enough. Like just looking at it, good and hard, is enough for you to recognize that these look a lot like the figures from your vision. Oh, that's yeah. about all you can get. That. Yeah, you figured that out, but Drazilia oh. fucking figured that out with a nine. Uh, Alyssa probably pipes up and says, "Okay, um, this is the part that I'm a little more familiar with. You know, the whole like dungeon trappy thing. But do have to say, this is a little bit weird. Um, I guess we probably can't." get through the water curtain over there and, like, she she gestures over it and you see, indeed, that it is, like, it's deep. Like, it's probably a good ten metres deep and just, like, a raging torrent of water pouring down. Like, you could try That's and... pretty hectic. Yeah, and, like, if you kind of were to look down, you would see that it's pour- pouring, like, deep down into, like, an underground, like, oh. river that's coursing away. Oh. Uh, Jody shoots out an SMS to the others and is like, should we, um, should we check back in with uh, HQ, see if they found anything in Val- Valeria's journal? But it would only light up if it was here, wouldn't it? Alvar decoded it, if you recall, when you gave it to oh. him. He removed the scrambling magic and then yes. used it to figure out what Valeria had known. So you Alvar? Can okay, cool. You buzz back in on the stone to Alvar, and uh, after a second, Alvar pipes up and says, Um, oh, hello! Ah, oh, you're back! Yes, um, how's it all going? Have you found the temple yet? Uh, we think so. Oh, fantastic. So, um, how's it all going then? Uh, what, 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 what can I do for you? Um, I'll, I'll be honest, if we could keep this brief, uh, we're a little distracted over here. There have been some developments, but we can return to those. Uh, what, what do you need? We need anything that the journal says on the Temple of Sea. He says, okay, yes, the journal. Um, okay, yes, uh, just a moment. And then he kind of goes offline for a few seconds. And, uh, so he's AFK. Yeah, he's he's AFK. Well, he's not. He's holding the stone. He's just walking over to his bookcase, and he pulls it out. And you know, after after a few after a few probably minutes, uh, he crackles back onto the stone and says, "Okay, okay, I've got the passage here. Um, it doesn't look like Valeria knew much about the Temple of Sea. Um, the, the few lines that you've already seen uh, talk to Alyssa Brambles, and then in addition to that, a few things that I was able to decode. <clears throat> there is a reference to the Temple of Sea being referred to as Devar's Cave, uh, and there's a there's a sort of um. What seems to be a sarcastic remark here that says, uh, Devar's cave. The only things allowed in are Devar, his thoughts, and his blessed solitude. So, I don't know, do with that what you will. Devar, his thoughts, and his blessed solitude. That's, that's what it says. That thing got a, uh, index in it. Uh, Garrick laughs over the stone uh, <laughs> he's listening in just from his bunk yeah he's like oh, I think yeah. you know it doesn't do God. <laughs> I think at this point Drazilia pipes up and is like okay you know there's um, visions that you don't believe that I have um, I had one about this this very image this statue or rather what it is depicting yeah, not of the statue. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. Alva, was that over the sending stone or was that to your compatriots? Um, yeah, over the sending stone. Okay. What is it? I can't actually remember the vision. Okay, so what happened in the vision was you were standing on a beach and far down the beach you saw a robed figure kneeling and holding a box up to like a, a majestic looking fish folk and you heard, hang on, let me find exactly the words that were said. Okay, the, the exact words were... You do us great honour, land folk. The protection of this item shall be our legacy. Okay. I think Jody probably sends out another SMS and is like, uh, could the keystone be a key for more than one lock? Alva chimes up and says, was that a question for me or was that more a question for the room? Um, uh, there have been some developments over here. We'll fill you in later, Alva. Alright, bye Alva. Before we go, what were the developments on your end? Garrick pipes up and says, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll actually take this one, Duncan. Um... Okay, so two things. Um, 
Maybe disconnected, maybe connected, not too sure just yet. First one. Remember, we spoke a while ago about how it seemed like the Eastern League had been sort of increasingly encroaching on the Ashwood. There was sort of renewed fighting on the front. Yeah. Well, it seemed for a long time, the rumours were, and the reports coming back, were that they were being driven back, like the, the King's forces were able to mostly rout them out, but, um... Well, the tide has shifted a little bit in the last few days. This is kind of happening live. There appear to be... There's been some ground lost, and we're no longer sure that the refugees at Sanctuary are safe. So, I think it's time to enact Plan Jody to go get Andrea and the refugees and bring them to uh, Espera. I'm, I'm preparing an expedition. Kyron and I are heading uh, Ashwood-bound. And we're gonna we're gonna round up the refugees. We're gonna meet Andrea on the way, and we've got to get them to safety. How far through the wood are they? Hard to say. These reports are coming in, you know, days behind. But it seems like they're advancing. Uh, last I heard, they wouldn't have reached the area that contained sanctuary yet. But we can't waste time here. We got to go today. And the other thing that I have to tell you that is potentially troubling is, um, well, remember our friend Marcus, who we, you know. Or your friend, I should say, who totally got jacked up by uh, the King's men in Corin. Okay, but was he jacked? Yeah, remember I said <laughs> that it seemed that there were rumors. <laughs> <laughs> took me a moment. Um, yeah, well, he's in prison, so he's been working on his prison bod now. He's probably, if he wasn't jacked before, he oh, certainly is. Give now. him my sending zone number. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it seems like, well, there is a warrant out for the arrest of one uh, Kipfler, so not sure who else would know about his activities. Warrant for arrest for um, treason and uh, aiding and abetting the king's enemies. So we haven't heard that he's been arrested, him or Trinda or their operation yet, but uh, we do believe they're on the run, and that probably confirms our suspicions that Marcus is in custody, and, uh, well, good job you guys didn't tell him much, but... uh, I guess he gave what he had to give. He'll get what he has to get. Look, um, I'm going to keep the stone on me, uh, obviously, and uh, I'll, be, I'll be in touch. But, but Karen and I are heading out in you know, T-minus half an hour here. So, uh, you know, wish us luck. Godspeed, Garrett. You too. And uh, he signs off. And so there you go. You're standing in front of this thing. And I'm going to say in this whole time you've been having this conversation, you guys have just been standing there casting each other meaningful glances. And in that time, Alyssa has been investigating the statue. In your vision, what's the box? It contains the keystone. Hey, Alyssa. Yeah? Is the box open? Just as you say that, she looks up at you and just lifts up the box. That's nice! That she figured out with her high investigation role that the <laughs> box is hinged and can in fact open, yes. Um, so the box opens and there is in fact just like an empty box with like a now very faded and decrepit looking satin pillow. What do you do? One key, two locks, eh, Jody? Elizabeth says, what the fuck are you guys talking about with this one key, two locks thing? What's going on here? It's you gotta start like- letting me in on shit. I think we need to return the keystone. Um, return the legacies. Yeah, I don't know what you mean by that, but if you're saying that the keystone goes in the box here, I think it's worth a try. And she reaches into her bag and deposits the keystone in the box. When the keystone touches the satin pillow, it illuminates. And the whole room 
illuminates a little more. You can see now that there are more of these like LED-esque green lights sort of in the walls and ceiling that spring to life. And you, you get this impression of like a, well, it's probably a familiar sensation for those of you who've been through the Temple of Life before, where you experienced the reverse of this process, which was the powering down of the Temple of Life. Mm. You now feel the powering up of the Temple of Sea. And in the process of doing that, lights turn on, and you would see the curtain of water beyond the statue start to sort of slowly part in the middle. Now, there is still a 30-foot channel that you're going to have to get across with, like, a raging river underneath, but the wall of water has been parted in the middle as a result of this keystone deposition. And Alyssa says, oh, fuck, that, um, that worked. Indeed, it did work. See this now and see it very well. Our heroes have found themselves at another threshold. They've located another Sine temple and are ready to step inside. See them as they stand together in this subterranean chamber before the statue depicting Drasilia's vision with their eyes focused on the parted torrent of water falling with tremendous force on the rooms, traps and challenges beyond. See them focused on the task ahead, on their duty to explore the temple and recover what the Sine left behind. See them well and steal yourself for the perils to come. How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newson. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or still interested where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com. The funny thing about Grace doing a Hogwarts-style one is, of course, Grace actually came up with the whole Harry (laughs) Potter canon... (laughs) In JK's ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> JK's dad's ball sack. <laughs> well, I was going to go JK's mum's egg. I felt like egg. if I went into the ball sack to make Gary Guy gags, Grace could have gone into the egg to make JK Rowling. It makes sense within its internal universe. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> it has some kind of internal logical consistency, at least. <laughs>